And so let us enter into the sharing of today, of, of today and see what the Lord has got in store for us. I want us to, you to think as we enter into sharing what, the, what has been laid upon my heart, and that is, we've been talking about love, but we continue on to something else that was laid upon my spirit today, and that is, although it is related to love in one way and in another, but I trust whatever it is that you may be going through, or I may be going through, the Lord wants to speak unto us. It is a, a common thing that we know. And we speak about it. We share about it. And I marveled when it was laid upon my heart to pass it across unto us. And I, I will simply obey for the glory of God in the highest. And I want you to ask yourself, why peace? Why is peace so important? Why, why, why peace? First of all, if you look, and we've had many sermons even here on peace and in other places, you listen about peace. And it was so much laid upon my heart that we share about peace tonight, this afternoon. And so for the few moments that are before us, let us go in and realize in explanation, the dictionaries tell us that peace is freedom from disturbance. Peace is tranquility. Basically, those particular two, two aspects. There's freedom from disturbance and, you know, tranquility. That is what is said to be. That is what is said to be peace. And I was, as I was meditating on this particular thing, I realized something. We've been talking about love, but I marveled at the fact that when I looked at what love is and what peace is, it is strange because those particular two have got very similar characteristics. If you look at the characteristics of love and look at the characteristics of peace, they are basically one and the same. I want you to listen to this as we begin. There are very common verse, verses that we love looking at when we are talking about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We've been reading them over and over again. But I marveled when I looked at it and I thought of peace. And I realized, hold on. Peace is so much similar to love in so many different aspects. Because in but if we were to replace peace with love here in uh, Roman in, in First Corinthians chapter thirteen and verse four, from verse four, listen and uh, and you hear it says love is, but I want to put peace there, and you'll realize something interesting. When it says when it says love suffers long and is kind, how about if you would say peace suffers long and is kind? The love does not envy. You say also, you can also similarly say, leave a peace does not envy. The love does not parade itself. Similarly, you can say, peace does not parade itself. That peace is not puffed up. Peace does not behave rudely. Peace does not seek its own. Peace is not provoked. Peace thinks no evil. Peace does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Now he says, peace bears all things. Peace believes all things. Peace hopes all things. Peace endures all things. And peace never fails. Praise the Lord. It's interesting, you know, as I was looking at it, I was, I, I was smiling, I was saying that, you know, love appears to be so similar to peace. But what I want us to look, do as we look at this aspect of why peace I will come to grasp it as we go. Remember prophet Isaiah. When a prophet Isaiah speaks 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. He declares something very interesting in Isaiah 9, 6-7, the scriptures that we know. He says, for unto us a child is born. We celebrate that over Christmas. That unto us a son is given. And he says, the government will be upon his shoulder. And then he says, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He's speaking of the Lord Jesus. And he says, he shall be called Prince of Peace. Then he comes, uh, the interesting part in verse 7, he says, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Something very unique about the government that Jesus is establishing. Right now, we see it in our hearts. But in the near future, he indicates he will reappear to reestablish it in all the earth. And they will experience it. But initially, he, the, uh, the prophet says, of the increase, of the you know, greatness, another version says, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Indicating that that peace will continue to expand. It will continue to increase at all times. And hence comes the, the word of the Lord that may the Lord magnify his peace in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That that peace in your spirit, in your family, in your circumstance. It is going to continue to expand, to expand. You have known nothing yet with regard to the kind of peace. The freedom from disturbance, the tranquility that he is reaching out to effect in you and in me for the glory of his wonderful name. We pass through difficult times and very challenging times. You know, as somebody said, as a child of God, the world is the worst part of life that you will ever experience because the world is a rough place. Earth is a rough, earth is a rough place. There is so much opposition and so many things that happen in the world upon those ones, upon all humanity, but more so upon you that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. But he says that, you know, and basically what he says is that, you know, this is as bad as life, as life can ever be. So whatever situation you are in, I want you to keep on looking. Look at what the prophet is saying. That, you know, it says that there will be no end to the peace that he wants to give. The increase of the peace of the peace of his government, there will be no end. I want you to ask, is he ruling in my spirit? Is he ruling in my heart? Is he ruling in my house? Then it means the peace of my life and the peace in my family is, should be increasing continually. Even if troubles were increased, to increase, even if the storms of life were to be too much, it doesn't matter. Similarly, the peace that God is going to release in my life is going to continue expanding and expanding. There is no way that anything is going to be able to override that particular peace. And I declare yet once again that there may there be no end to the increase of peace in your life in the name of Jesus Christ, for the glory of God in the highest. I want you to be very attentive. As he says that the Lord magnify his peace in your life. And that may there be no end to the increase of peace in your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen what he says in Luke chapter 2 verse 13 to 14. When he appears on the human scene. 
on the human path and on the in the, in the human patch as a human being when Jesus came into uh, and uh, you know to, to be born as a human being. The word of God says when he arrived, here is the announcement that came in Luke chapter 2, verse 13 to 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men and women. Praise the Lord. Now realize something, he said, the arrival when he enters into earth as a human being, when he, for, you know, he humbles himself and conforms himself to be like you and me so that he may experience what you experience and I experience. He, the first announcement that comes forth with regard to earth, he says, peace be on earth. What does that mean? It means before he came, there was no peace as such. That the Lord God wanted to manifest in the lives of men and women. But when he came, when he arrived, that was the arrival of peace. And Isaiah declares, he shall be called the prince of peace. So as far as much as he was away, peace was at a distance. And there was so much turmoil on earth. Shedding of blood, tearing one another, left, center, and right. And it has continued even up to now. But when he arrived, the angels came and announced and pronounced that one thing and said, Peace on earth. Indicating, just as we have to ask for you know, the description, that freedom from disturbance be on earth. Tranquility be on earth. His word never returns to him void. I want you to remember that. His word prospers wherever he sends it. It might not appear to happen at that particular time, but it continues to say, of the increase of his peace. There will be no end. It continues to gather ground, gather ground, gather ground. Don't lose heart in whatsoever situation or circumstance you may be in. Don't let get allow discouragement to come and overwhelm you that you let go of what God intends to do in your life. Don't let, you know, the, the depression, don't let sorrow, don't let grief put you down and make you feel I have lost, that I cannot continue on. He says of the increase of his peace, there will be no end. Then Isaiah turns around. And he comes again in Isaiah 26, verse 3. The scriptures we know. You will keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on you. Because he trusts in you. Praise the Lord. And what do I pray for you? Is that may the Lord establish you in his peace. Whatever it is that you are going through. I may not understand. But these words kept on coming through over and over, over and over. That may the Lord establish you in his peace for the honor of his wonderful name. And just as our sister was saying that you were praying and she talked about the issue of the valley of the shadow of death. Interesting, the psalmist sings and says, there is no fear when he is in that particular valley. Why? Because he says, you are with me. Now realize something. He's saying that uh, he is with me. He's not referring even to the power of the shepherd. Mm -mm. He just says, your presence here 
it, 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 you know, it cancels every other negative or it cancels every other negative around. Why he says so? He says, you know, there is no fear because you are secure in his peace. There is something about the peace of God that calms our fears, that calms our anxieties, that calms, you know, the stresses of life that come in us. It is difficult to touch and to explain what actually this peace is. But it is a characteristic of the spirit that surges into your personality and completely turns your whole world completely round from the way the world expects things to be. It changes them completely such that even in the midst of the fire, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, somehow, for the grace and the glory of God, that peace surrounds you and there is safety. There is that, such security that you will not be moved, you will not be shaken in the midst of that particular fire. You are at rest, even in the midst of the greatest trial that you, that you may be ex experiencing. And so he comes in and, 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 and you know, he, he indicates, he, he indicates, you know, that just as Paul says somewhere, even if the outward man may perish, realize what he says, even if the outward man may perish, he says that, you know, the peace reigns in the inner man. The inner man continues to get bolder and encouraged, all for the glory of God. One time, you know, one time I had complete black hair, a big, big afro. I used to have a huge afro all around about. These days it doesn't grow. Even over here you can see it is disappearing completely. There's no, there's no stress. There's, it's going, you know, maybe one of these days it will go clear completely. You never know. But anyway, one of the things is that you realize the, the body changes. I was looking at the picture when I was younger and now I said, wow. Then I looked, I looked, I went and looked in the mirror. I said, I, there is such a big difference. It is, I feel I am the same Paul, but <laughs> those two people are not the same. There is so much difference between those particular two characters that I'm looking at. That is exactly what life is. Uh, but he tells us, you know, even if the outward man perish, the outward man go, continues to fade away, the inner man continues to grow bolder and bolder because of the increase of his government and peace which is reigns on the inside, there will be no end. Praise God. I want you to get secure in that praise and that secure in that grace, secure in that assurance that you don't get shaken by anything that comes left, center, right, in front, or behind. All this happens in the world. It is part of the world. The setbacks and what have you, they're part and parcel of life on earth. But the peace of God, there shall be no diminishing. It is a continual, continual increase. In, the interest continues to add. There is never a single time that it will diminish and decide, oh, like the Bank of England, oh, today we are making the interest to be zero, so there is no increase of that particular piece. But when things change, ah, no, 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 we are putting interest back to 2.5 or something. No, 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 no. With the kingdom of God, the peace and the grace that is available for you, for your family, for your children, for everything that concerns you, it, there shall be no diminishing returns. Praise the Lord. All for the glory of God. So take heart. He says the increase of his government. So as that government is in you, ask yourself, am I in, you know, in, in sync? 
Am I in line with this particular government of the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I in line with this government? Is it ruling in my mind, in my emotions, in my words, in my actions, in my everything that I do? We've been talking about love. That government operates in that particular channels of love. But as that government increases on the inside, that's the government that changes the equation completely. And you find that while others are diminishing their returns, you are increasing in your returns in the name of Jesus Christ. You may not have any money in the, in the pocket. There may be nothing in the pocket. But still there is such peace because, you know, by the grace of God, somehow food will be on the table in the name of Jesus Christ. And somehow, suddenly, a friend appears and said, oh, I was passing by. I decided, can you have these 20 pounds? I said, yes. You, you never asked. You never asked for it. And you realize, wow, the peace of God never fails. Praise the Lord. He will make sure that you are secure because he's faithful. Even sometimes you reach the end of the almost of the cliff end and you, you imagine the next time is, I'm going to drop. And when you step out, suddenly the ground appears on, under your feet. And, Hold on. I was supposed to have fallen down. How come it's as if I'm walking on air? Why? Because of the increase of his kingdom and his, 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 his government, there will be no end in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lady Peter, may you know the peace of God that anchors your soul even in the darkest hour in the name of Jesus Christ. That peace anchors you even in the midst of the darkest hour when everybody says no to you, that peace assures you it shall be well for the glory of God. So it follows that when you and I, when we link up with the Spirit of God in our believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we link up with that grace and with that peace of God, you, you find that as we link with the Spirit of God, His peace will flood your horizon. His peace will flood your boundaries. And somehow you will find that it, it, although it may be uh, all over, it, it, it looks turmoil. And no, every, nobody can understand what is happening. Everybody, even, everybody can even be crying for you. But somehow you, you, you yourself where you are seated, you are wondering why are they crying for me? They don't know what it is that I am experiencing. Why? Because you are in the center of that grace of the peace of God. It follows that, you know, the world loses its pool and its allurement, its glitter. You know, the bling bling of the world. It fades away as your soul gets anchored in that particular peace of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Temptation and trials and persecutions, they do not move you when you are anchored in this particular peace that God is reaching out to give unto you and unto me. You will learn not to murmur and not to complain. We are professionals, you and I. I, I know everyone, we are professional for professionals in murmuring and in complaining. That is a fact. 
And you know, we can ask God a thousand and one whys. And strange enough, he never answers. And because he doesn't answer, we continue to ask him more. Because he didn't answer yesterday, we still appear with more. And we, we can complain for the all of our lives. That is something that is common with us, all of us human beings. We have been complaining for all so many years, so many years from when I was small. And you know, complaints have still continued on and on. But in his mercy, he restores us. But when you get linked to that particular piece, he indicates that there is that particular aspect. You learn not to mama, you learn not to complain. Why? There is something that this peace does in our hearts. And I want you to look at it. That it changes your perspective of life. The peace of God will change the perspective of life. It plants a heavenly hope in you and in me. When that peace settles in your spirit, it plants that heavenly hope. No longer are you attached to the world and the things of the world, even the relationships of the world. You don't attach to them as you used to. Why? Because that peace ignites and, you know, it somehow strengthens and secures your faith in the midst of the greatest of storms, all for the glory of God. Listen to what the scripture says in Hebrews chapter, 13, chapter 11, verse 13 to 16. He says, in chapter 11, verse 13 to 16, it is speaking of men and women who had faith in God. He says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were assured of those promises. And they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. They were looking on the promises that God has made in the scripture. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And I want you to ask yourself, can I be of this particular company? They have only heard of what God has promised. They had only heard that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, was to come. He was to bring life. He was to bring a blessing. He was to bring restoration. They never saw it. They never experienced it. But the word of God says they embraced those particular promises and they believed them to be true. And because of that, there was a peace that God allowed to rest into their spirit. And by virtue of that, he says that, you know, they, they seek, they lived as strangers on earth. They were not attached to anything here. And he says, God was not ashamed. And if I said, God is not ashamed to be called their God because he has prepared for them a city. God has prepared for you a place of inheritance, my brother and my sister. Don't lose your trust and your confidence in him. Let that peace settle it in your heart. 
Don't be worried when things are wrong, when people say a thousand one things against you, when everything goes berserk in your family and you are or in your life, and you wonder why has God allowed this to happen. Don't let that drown your eye, your mind, to lose hope in the living God, because He promises such people who don't lose hope in Him and settle in His peace. He is not ashamed of them. He says, for he has prepared for them a city. Now listen what he says continually in that same chapter from verse 35 of chapter 11 Hebrews. He says, women received their dead raised to life again. Now listen to this. Others were tortured because of their faith. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn into two, they were tempted, they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth, only because of these, that they might obtain a better resurrection. There is a resurrection that is coming for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, there is a resurrection for every human being but there are two types of resurrection. One, the Bible says, is a resurrection unto life. Another one says, there is a resurrection unto destruction. Resurrection unto condemnation. Resurrection unto the blessing of eternal life. That's what the scripture says. But the peace of God settles it in your spirit. That whether I receive the goodness of this world or I don't receive the goodness of this world, whether I get the benefits of this world or I don't get the benefits of this world, I am settled in trusting in the Lord God the Almighty through Jesus Christ our Savior that I will do His will, I will do His purposes, I will fulfill my part because I am looking for a better resurrection. That peace will settle it in your spirit in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you move to something else, I want you to remember that when the winds threatened to sink the disciples in, the, in that sea, you, that role, you, you can read that in Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41. They say they came to Jesus and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? He rose up and he simply said those simple words, Peace be still. And the sea come. And I pray that even today, whatever it is you're going through, whatever I may be going through, may you receive this same word for your situation, that peace be still. Remember, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So those words he spoke on that sea of Galilee, he's speaking them here in Hope Community Church, West London. And he speaks across unto you and unto your family. He's saying, peace. Be still in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. If you have been troubled and you have been feeling so troubled and wondering what is done coming left, don't reach out for destruction. 
Don't reach out to do any stupid thing. I want you to settle it in your spirit that the increase of his government, his government is in my spirit. The increase of his peace, there will be no end. This condition of mind, this situation of mind is not lasting forever. It is coming to an end because the peace of God is going to swallow it, is going to over, overcome it for the glory of God. Remember what he says in the word of God. When the enemy comes against you, he says, like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise the standard against him. Meaning, the enemy can bring all forms of things against us in one way or another. But the spirit of God comes also like a flood. And it overwhelms the enemy and all the machinations and schemes of the evil one. He comes and he overwhelms every single one of them, whether they are sicknesses, whether they are all kinds of setups that you may imagine. The Lord says his spirit comes and overwhelms all over them, meaning he swallows all that the enemy has been trying to do and he makes calm. In your situation, in the name of Jesus Christ, what the enemy was trying to do disappears. And he wonders what happened because above, above the waves, you only see the calmness of the spirit of the living God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says in, one, in Colossians chapter 1 verse 19 to 20, if you are to look at that, it says, For it pleased the Father, that is God Almighty, that in him, in Christ Jesus, all the fullness should dwell. And by Christ Jesus to reconcile all things to himself. By the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Realize the apostle says he made peace by the blood of his cross. Why? Something interesting there. It means to him peace is paramount. Peace was so important, or is so important, that's why he's called the Prince of Peace, that he was ready to shed his blood so that peace could be reestablished once again for you and for me. Nothing could have brought peace on the face of the earth other than his blood being shed. He was the Prince of Peace and peace was within him and around him and in, in his environment. But man was not experiencing it. So he had to shed that particular blood. His life had to be poured out. And as it was poured out, peace kissed the earth once again for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. And that's why he says the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Why? Because it speaks that peace that increase has arrived for you and has arrived for me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the glory of God in the highest. Realize, in the world, how does peace come? Peace comes because of the muscle. I, you know, choke, choke hold you and I subdue you, I subjugate you. There will be peace. Why? Because I'm stronger than you. You are under my foot. And hence you cannot, you try to move this, as a, you, you, you decide to lie low like an envelope. Because the stronger one is around. But when the stronger one leaves, you can also, also, you can also shake your head. Because you, but that's how the world goes. Peace in the world is because of the stronger one. You know, subjugates the, the, the weaker one. And that's how peace has been happening in, on earth, left, center, right. If it is for the countries, 
Let the smaller countries try to yap yap. Sanctions are put on them. They are muscled early. Either do what you want to do or we, you will have it trapped. Hence, they have to, uh, to, to toe the line. Peace appears to abound. Nuclear weapons, we pile them up and say, if you would to play around, we will now press this button. And this button will do the necessary. So everybody comes up, man, there's a button there, that money, you can press that button, we are dead. Peace, but not with Jesus. What does he do? He sheds his blood. So that you and I, that peace that the world cannot know, it is able to arrive and do the necessary for the glory of God. He says his kingdom is identified by three things. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. But you realize something interesting. Righteousness and joy, they always flourish from the platform of peace. If there's no peace, righteousness will not be able to flourish. If there's no peace, joy has nowhere to manifest itself. But peace on the inside, you suddenly find joy will flourish regardless of whatever it is that tries to happen all around. And what is he telling us in John 4, 27? He says, before he leaves to go to the cross, he tells his disciples, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. He knew that they would be troubled. And his words were not empty declarations. I want you to realize that. Why? Because Isaiah says, when he sends his word, it never returns void. It prospers where he sends it. It accomplishes what he says. He knew what he was saying when he said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. My peace. I don't know what you are going through in your spirit. But here the word of God says, now, my peace, Jesus says, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Whatever it is, whatever it is you may have been going through or experiencing, he is repeating those words over and over again to you, saying, my peace, my child, I give unto you. Let not your heart be troubled for the honor and for the glory of God. As I draw to a close, let me finish with this particular thing that maybe we'll continue another time. The body functions, as I was meditating on this, the body functions well because every part is in harmony with each other. The leg is in harmony with the hand and with the eye and with the ear. So you know what? When the leg knows, oh, the body wants to go to the kitchen to get coffee. The leg does not complain, say, ah, I don't have a mouth. I can't go to that particular kitchen. Which mouth am I going to use to be able to drink that particular coffee? If you want to take, go. The body will not move until the legs do what? They automatically just start moving themselves and go towards the kitchen. They will go get the coffee and the cake, all right? The eye, in turn, Tells the leg, oh, you know, don't step there. There are nails there. There are thorns there. Step here, step there, step there. The eye does not say, ah, I'm not going to bother. You go if you want to go. Because then the eye will remain wherever it is sitting. It will never move anywhere to be bored, only sitting there. It has to cooperate. It tells the leg, walk there, walk there, until they reach there. All right? The mouth is there. It is ready to open. 
And let the cake come in, man. Let the cake come in. Let the whatever come in. Why? Because it knows the whole body needs to be able to feed so that it may receive strength. Every part plays its part. Now, I want you to notice something. Each member plays its part, not for itself. Take note of that. Look at your own body. No part plays its part just for itself. No. It always does it for what? For the other parts. Never, never for itself. And hence, the kidney receives all the blood. It tells them, you know, bring, bring, bring it here, bring it here. I will wash it so that everybody can enjoy fresh supply. The heart says, ah, bring the blood here, pop it out, send it across to the toes, to the hair, to everywhere, so that everybody has got a share and the right share. And hence, the whole body functions well. Peace abounds when all of them do their part unselfishly. And so I ask you one thing. Have you ever wondered why Jesus gave this wonderful rule? Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Have you ever wondered why? He actually gave that particular rule. I was, I was meditating when this thing came to my spirit. The whole idea was that when I see me in you, What will happen is, I will do what is best for me, because I am seeing that me in you. I will do what, because we are selfish, I will do what is best for me, but that me, I'm seeing it in you. So I will do it for you, and as a result, what, what happens, peace is realized. Because I am serving Linda as if I am serving myself. Everything I'm doing until one wonders what is wrong with this guy. Is he mad? And she's serving Jane. She's serving Sarah. And the other one is serving Neville. The other one is serving Randolph. The other one is serving, you know, Karina. Each person is serving each other as if they are what? They are serving themselves. And hence, as a result, basically says, you know, I will do for them what is best for me because I am seeing myself in Louis. Alright? I'm not seeing him as Louis. I'm seeing myself, I'm seeing Paul. So I was oh, I think I, I need to trim my hair. So I, 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 I'll go and trim, I, I, I'll go and make sure that he, his hair is trimmed. And, 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 and you wonder, why have, why have you taken care of, that, of me in that particular way? It's why? Because whatever I need to do, then I'll be able to, if it for myself, I'll do it for others. Let me finalize with this word. Maybe another time, God willing, we shall share more on this aspect. How is it in your home, my brother and my sister? He is the Prince of Peace. Peace is the landing pad of God's visitation, let me tell you. Peace is the landing pad of God's visitation. Where there is no peace, he is not. Whether in church, whether in the family, wherever, where there is no peace, listen to me, he is not. 
even if I may shout in my tongues here, but I don't want to see any of you. I'm wasting my time. Where there is no peace, he will not land. He is the prince of peace. Watch over your family as I watch over my family. Watch over your brothers and your sisters and your parents and your husband and your wife. Don't allow anger and resentment and evil to come into our midst, my brothers and my sisters. If we want to see God, listen to me. His landing pad, he lands his visitation, comes on that particular landing pad of peace. If you don't have it, you are, you know, daggers at each other continually. Let's assure God, God is not showing up in that home. Even if you pray and fast for the next 50 years, he will not show up because he is the prince of peace. May God help us. But that peace works in us by his spirit in Jesus' name. We'll continue another time. Father, may your peace that passes knowledge and understanding. Visit our hearts now. Grant us that we may be able to submit ourselves to God. Grant every one of us, you know our tendencies. You know our character, Abba Father. You know the kind of men and women that we are. You know sometimes how quickly we lose our temper. How quickly we dash out words that destroy peace, even with our children, even with our parents or our brothers, our sisters, our wives, our husbands, oh God. We are so fond of an unnecessary disturbance of peace. But your word says that freedom, as rather this description of, of peace here, is freedom from disturbance. Oh God, help me, help my brothers, help my sisters, help each one of us. We may be the dwelling place of peace because the Prince of Peace lives in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.